This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Talk money to me. Hello and welcome to Talk Money To Me. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm Candice Burke. And I'm Felicity Thomas. Now we are back, as we promised, with part two of our 23 stocks for 2023. Yes, we are. Another very exciting episode. So as a little bit of a reminder, last week we covered off Elders, Playside, Qantas, Merck. We also did a big splash into Uranium, Silex, Paladin, Boss Energy, Peninsula and Lotus Resources. Disney and Total Energies. That's right. We finished on Total Energies. Now, before we reveal more of the stocks to be added to the 2023 list, please remember our chat today is not considered personal advice, even though we are registered financial advisors at Shoreham Partners. As always, the podcast and the content discussed does not constitute as financial advice, nor is it a financial product. Essentially, guys, the podcast is general in nature because we don't know you yet. So we don't know your personal circumstances, but as always, you should reach out to a professional like us before you make your investment decisions. Now, all the companies discussed in our show are offered in good faith based on facts known at the time and do not contain all relevant information in respect of the financial products to which they relate. And today is the 31st of the 1st, 2023. Now, the Fed is actually meeting at the end of the week. So the market's kind of going a bit sideways at the moment, not really sure which way to go. So let's jump straight into it, CB. What is your first stock for the 2023 order pad? Well, the first company I'm going to start off with is a company not going sideways in at all. In fact, it's a really well-known Australian large cap resource name, which has recently hit impressive highs in the market and analysts believe there's more upside to come. So I'm talking about mineral resources. The code on the ASX is MIN and has a whopping market cap of $17.5 billion. So we love good resource stock um, and it is in already in a lot of our clients' portfolios, luckily, a top performer. So we know it's the Australian quarterly update season at the moment. Can you give us a few highlights from the December quarter? So overall, the data for December quarter was mixed with some areas of business you know, doing well, those arms I've just explained, and then others facing some challenges. So firstly, the iron ore production. You know, shipments were down 9% for the quarter uh, in December ending 2022 due to timing and congestion impacts. The market is expecting, however, shipments to hopefully recover by the second half of FY23. Yes, with China reopening, it makes sense. All right, what about the second point? Exactly. It's very much dependent on what is really going to happen latter half of this year with everything going on in the background with all the different markets, supply chains and the big interest rate conversation we're all having. Secondly, Spodumene. In their one asset, Wajina, I hope I said that right, Felicity, uh, they shipped quite impressively up 45% for the quarter, but it was below a lot of the street estimates. So technically a miss on estimations there. And at Mount Marion, the min share price there 
was about 5% for the quarter, quarter on quarter, but 14% down year on year. So kind of mixed reviews, like good for the quarter, but miss on earnings. And like, you know, given the context of what's going on, it is a slight miss there. However, the prices are reverting back to the spot indices. So mixed grade expansion delay to July is disappointing. Thirdly, the lithium hydroxide. So again, in those areas, it was a bit of a miss, but in Mount Marion, the production and realized pricing was very strong, up 3.5% for the quarter. So mixed bag, as you can kind of tell so far, but I really want to focus on the last point, which I think is the most interesting update, is in actually the Lockyer Deeps negotiations. Okay. So what is the latest on the Lockyer Deeps negotiations and why do you want to highlight it? Well, if you're keeping up with the latest news as it comes out pretty much on the daily, Norwest Energy's board has recommended that Min revise their offer, $497 million, to a definitely different valuation. So in reply, Min Resources has increased their off-market takeover bid to acquire all of the shares of Norwest Energy, offering one share for every 1,300 NWE share, which implies about a valuation for the Lockyer Deeps, asset of about 2.5 billion. Wow, okay. That's quite that's a, that's a lot. It's a it's a pretty big investment like, yeah. you know, the investment community is standing up here because it's like when, you know, Microsoft dropped 10 billion in AI, like this is kind of the similar in the mine, mining aspect, I would say. Obviously different sectors, but really interesting M&A this is going to go through. So I say that because NWE is Min's minority JV partner in the Lockyer Deep gas project based in the Perth Basin with principal assets um, in the non-operating interest in onshore exploration permits. Min and its subsidiaries are permit operators and essentially owns the remaining interest. So Min, you know, have a really great active plan of exploration for this Perth Basin, uh, including drilling up to seven wells over the next two years into early calendar year 2023 and really fast tracking the appraisal and development studies at Lockyer Deeps. Okay. So with all that exciting news, right? I mean, does this uh, give a revision in the recent price target? And I guess, how did that come about? Yeah, exactly. So long-winded explanation to really get to, it's lifted the valuation to almost $13 per share, 100% de-risked by 2029. You know, exciting for the export LNG area. Min is pushing on with their decarbonisation and downstream chemicals, you know, through really exciting um, future-facing commodities, which we always talk about. So I think that's going to deliver further value. I think it's a really good energy play for Min overall with this asset if it does come off. You talked about, um, you know, how is it revise the upside. Well, it's trading around 92 and a half at the moment, 92.55 levels in the market. And our analysts who cover min resources have a price target of $112. It's important to note that this valuation is based on a one times NVP for the commodities side of the business and eight times FY24 EV to EBITDA for the mining services segment of the business. So I think that's pretty attractive from a value perspective. Eight times is pretty good ratio. Yeah, absolutely. Now, year to date, maybe our listeners are thinking, hang on, Candace, the stock has rallied a lot and you can't deny it has. Like it's been one of the best Aussie minor, you know, names that we have in our client's portfolio. It's rallied about 23% year to date. But if our analysts are right, let me break down the forecast returns for you because this is where I get really excited. 
So if the price target of 112 comes off, that's an upside of 21.5% just on the capital movement in the markets. The company is flushed with cash, so they're forecasting a 7.6% yield, fully franked. So the total forecast of return could be as high as 29%, and the market is more placing like 8 10% upside. So if our analyst is you know, right on this bullish conviction, that's about 20% difference to what the market thinks it could rally to. Double digits again. Double digits. Really hope it comes off. That's why I'm really strong on my conviction for Min Resources to add to your 2023 list. So that's Min added for me. Now let's turn to your first stock for the 2023 list. What have you got, Felicity? Okay, so I'm going to add another resource name. So the code is STA and the co- name of the company is called Strandline. So a new a new buy idea here. Okay, so why Strandline? So essentially they've got the Coburn project, which will produce approximately 230,000 kilotons of heavy mineral concentrate per annum with a mine life of 22 and a half years. They've also got the extension potential for a further 18 years. Now, Coburn will actually supply 5% of the world's zircon and 10% of the world's chloride eliminate demand. Now, Coburn has a top quartile revenue ratio due to the high proportion of premium zircon and rutal and really low operating costs. So Coburn has a shallow, free-flowing, coarse grain sand and a very low under 3% of slime's content. Okay, so another name that comes to mind comparable to Strandline, although a lot bigger in terms of market cap, is Aluka, already mentioned on Talk Money to Me, another great idea. So similar kind of business and financials? Absolutely. So Strandline is about 500 mil market cap um, and Aluka is about $4.6 billion market cap. So there's a larger blue chip position there and a more of a your growth uh, small cap idea. Why it's relevant? I guess Aluka's December quarter update really provided further commentary on Zircon and high grade titanium feedstock markets. In short, why it's a buy, markets are remaining tight, inventories are low and supply constraints are likely to see prices well supported. And I know that they recently reported, like I think even today or yesterday. So anything interesting to come out of that recent report? Yeah, absolutely. So they actually reported today, this morning before this recording. So that's very good timing. Now they've got consolidated cash of 66.7 million. So a lot of cash on the balance sheet. Overall, their project construction reached 99% completion by the end of the quarter. Again, tick. The first shipment of heavy mineral concentrate or HMC was completed as part of the ore commissioning and ramp up of the wet concentrate plant and the second shipment of HMC completed as well um, with HMC stockpiles building ready for feed into the mineral separation plant or MSP uh, for future sales. So really strong mineral sands market. See the HMC sales exceed DFS price assumptions, uh, which is very positive. Now selling HMC is in accordance with Stramland's accelerated cash flow and ramp up plan and provides a robust operational basis to transition to or commissioning of the downstream MSP in the March quarter. So the focus really remains strong on increasing production throughout the mine, um, which I think is very exciting. I think it's really important to focus on what management is looking at. So they're really focusing on the transition from construction to operation. Now, it's worth noting that over 65% of the operating costs have actually been locked in below our DFS estimates, including the mining contract, power contract and freight logistics 
statistics because that's obviously when things can kind of blow out a little bit. So while inflation in the mining industry kind of remains at industry-wide issue, we're not expecting to see significant cost increases at Coburn because a lot of it's already locked in. And locked in a lower DFS estimate. So hopefully more upside than what the company's flagging. All right. So let's talk about the price target, you know, the trading kind of normality that STA's had in the market and upside that you can see. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Strandline's kind of flown around the whole 38, 35 cents to about 45 cent mark. Last time I checked, it was about 42 cents at the moment. And we're really retaining our buy recommendation with a price target of 80 cents because Coburn is a world-class mineral sands development. It's fully funded, under construction, and especially because the catalyst of mineral sands market remaining super tight, basic supply and demand. So that's about upside of 90% from current levels. Double digits. Very impressive. Really hope that one comes off as well. So do I. All right. So that's my first one for the second part of 2023. So Candice, what is your next idea for us? So for my next stock, I'm also sticking in the Australian market and picking another familiar well-run business. This company is a market leader in the online employment classifieds market in Australia and New Zealand, but also in other global economies. So I'm talking about Seek with a current market cap of just shy of $9 billion, $8.6 billion. Now, a lot of our listeners will be familiar with Seek and its business model, but did you know it also operates a learning business in Australia and New Zealand, which is one of the major sellers of online tertiary courses in Australia? Like, how cool is that? That's very cool. And the business has done a really good job at diversifying its business revenues, which is a big tick for us. Exactly. So not only is it, uh, you know, very well dominated in the ANZ market, but Seek owns a number of international assets in China, Southeast Asia, Brazil, Mexico, and Africa. And important to note that, you know, they're well diversified, but I guess where they're really great is in the Australian New Zealand market, because that's their bread and butter, making up about 74% of the overall revenues reported in FY22. So why are you keen for Seek now putting in the order pad right now, Candice? So a couple of reasons, like a lot of good quality stocks have come off, you know, in the 2022 volatility. So the first one being, you know, the stock declined about 15% um, year to date, which is making it very tempting to buy in or top up. But if you look at their recent AGM announcement, Seek reiterated their FY23 guidance, which was really viewed quite positively by the market, um, given that the market concerns around, you know, slowing macro, the doomsday that we're all keep reading in the headlines, but Seek is kind of having a different story there. So if I go back to the valuation in a nutshell, I think the sell-off in our opinion, it's offering an attractive price to buy in at 14.9 times FY23 estimated EBITDA margins, which is about 20% discount to their 10-year average run rate. So I think it's a good time just on the kind of PE and and the valuation. And then another quick point is the industry outlook looks positive. I think Seek should continue to benefit from its market leading position in the online employment classification space, particularly growing its relatively you know low in cost comparison to underlying salaries and recruiters placement fees. Okay. And what about internationally? What is the growth looking like there? I think there's a lot of growth that they can push in the Asian market. So it would be really interesting to see if they can leverage the Australian experience into the different markets. But let's not ignore the elephant in the room, right? The risks, because I know that's what you're thinking. We are in a very different economy 
high interest rate, you know, the Fed and everyone is worried about unemployment levels. But I think Seek's online revenues have considerable cyclical leverage and resilience throughout a lot of different employment cycles. They are a market leader and we can't ignore upcomers like LinkedIn, but I think we're not at that point yet. So Candice, what is the current price? What is the price target over the next 12 months? And what is the upside looking like? Well, it's currently trading around 24 kind of 40 levels, but the valuation that UBS have is a price target to be reached in 12 months of 27 and 80 cents. So that's about 14% upside on current levels. I think, you know, dynamically it's that valuation is behind um, dynamic pricing power and growth contribution, you know, on average of 6% over the next three years. So let's see if that comes true. How good's that? Another double digit return, exactly what we like to hear on Talk Money to Me. Now we're going to reveal the rest of our 2023 stocks, but just before we do that, we're just going to take a short break to listen to our sponsors. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. And we're back. All right, Felicity, hit us with your second pick. Okay, so I'm going to go with technology, right, and cybersecurity. I think it's a really good place to be if we head into more of a deflationary environment. My buy is actually family-zoned cybersecurity. The code is FZO. Now, it is a new buy on Talk Money to Me, but I did actually pitch it on Equity Mates before we actually started on Talk Money to Me. However, it's really new for our order pad. I'm actually buying more for our clients and taking full advantage of this technology sell-off. Yeah, the tech wreck. All right, so let's go into background for Family Zone. FZO. So just a little refresher, Family Zone Cybersecurity engages in the development of parental control platforms. It intends to create a system that manages the majority of the parental control functions in a cloud-based application. So let's talk numbers. You know, what were their recent highlights that you took from their report? Yeah, so they reported yesterday. They released a really strong quarterly update with ARR of 85 million. However, there were some FX headwinds. It was a really strong result in the context of December typically being the slowest sales quarter. The ARPUs continue to rise with education products reaching over $6 per annum. That's actually up from $5.50 in the prior quarter. That was driven by cross-sell and upsell. Now, the group is making steps towards its two to three-year target of $10 per annum per user. Now, FamilyZone also highlighted its plan to achieve cash flow break even in FY23. That's huge, right? So operational cash flow of $8 million was ahead
ahead of our $6 million estimate. They've got a really good sales pipeline of over $18 million. So to compare that, that's actually 80% growth year on year. Cost reductions of $3 million in FY23. Again, that's also signaled to be on track and achieved. Now, the group is actually trading at only two and a half times annual reoccurring revenue. That's a 40% discount to emerging cloud comps. And we really expect a material re-rate as the group approaches cash flow break-even. And I know investors are really looking at companies that have cash flow break-even, and it's a huge target at the moment. I mean, Zip rallied the other day uh, because they had two positive quarters. Very much so. Investors want that certainty in a really uncertain market, you know, cash flow positive first step to solid earnings and paying out dividends. So why a buy right now and talk about the valuations too? So essentially, given its global footprint, scale, and the recent share price uh, action, we see a lot of value at current levels. It's being sold off significantly. So the current price is actually around 23 to 25 cents, which I believe is really oversold. Um, our price target is now 57 cents. So we've actually decreased it from 68 cents per share. The reason we've done that and we've, we've revised our estimates is because we're now actually only assuming a five times ARR multiple versus seven times multiple previously. That is our discounted cash flow methodology because I know a lot of you actually do ask about that and we're happy to share it. We might actually share it on some of our tiles on our Instagram at some point. So Candice, that's mine. Family Zone Cybersecurity. I think it's a really good company to hold for the long term and cybersecurity is so important protecting you know future generations because there is a lot of cybercrime out there. So Candice, what do you have for me? Something so different to cybercrime. I'm going to revisit Ulta Beauty, which I pitched almost a year ago back in Feb 2022. So the share price in the past year has soared 39%, reaching all-time highs literally overnight at 512 a US per share on the close in the US. So I hope you looked into this one, guys, because if you did, you would have made nearly 40% upside. To remind you, the code is ULTA and it's listed on the US with a market cap of $25.8 billion. So sticking with my billion market cap theme for this part of part two. Yeah. And so I recall that Ulta Beauty is actually the largest beauty retailer in the United States. Correct. And so the conviction of why I first found this company and liked it is still standing up, in my opinion. Go back to that episode to really get like the 101 on the conviction behind it. But essentially, it operates more than a thousand stores across the United States, 48 states. Um, predominantly, it's in quite cleverly located in the high traffic location, a lot of foot traffic in the the CBDs and centers of the US areas. And the typical store is approximately 10,000 square feet, which has about 950 square feet dedicated to its full on service salon. Look, we love a full service salon. So why are you liking Ulta Beauty again? You know, it has rallied 48% since you last picked it. Why are we buying more? Well, I think there's more upside to come. And, you know, the end of 2022 really signaled a super clean and impressive beat of expectations. I think there's more resilience in the beauty category that investors are giving, you know, a lot of this company credit for and other comparables. If you look at the the bull story for this company, it's showing that its financials is also supported to the further recovery into 2023 at more quote unquote normal levels with more room to run on their upward estimated revisions and structural improvements to their retailers margins. And the impressive points gained in the recent quarter on comparable levels speak volumes of how much this company is really dominating in the category. So if you look at the company's comps of 14.6% over its peers, that was made 
mainly driven by 10.7% gain in traffic. And remember, they're really smartly located their stores to, you know, quickly go get a service from the salon after work or before you drop your kids off, whatever it is. Like it's really cleverly situated, these companies. Yeah. Or you see something nice in the window and you're like, oh, I'll just go have a look and then end up buying quite a few things. Um, so let's look at the financials now. What's the upside and where it's where is it sitting at the moment? So I think what's really pleasing to see about the, the latest financials is that, you know, the company is... Um, noting that the trends are actually now moderately higher than pre-COVID levels. So they really learnt their lessons and they're really kicking new goals into this new post-pandemic world. So as a result, um, when I first pitched the stock, a lot of analysts have lifted their price targets into 2023 because it's a really attractive risk reward payoff here. So the price target's been lifted from 590, previously it was 540 US per share, and that's based on a 22 times FY24 EPS estimate, uh, which is you know, really stacks up to an impressive global growth company in the beauty category. So if it comes off, it's about 24% upside on current levels. Now remember, there's no dividend with this one because it's a growth company. So we're just looking at growth in share price. Yes, double digits again. I think we've all done double digits for all of these picks, which is very exciting. Uh, hopefully it plays out. So let's move on to your third pick. Okay. So my third pick is actually back to resources. Surprise, surprise. Now I'm reiterating my buy on IGO, Independence Group. So a little recap, they're a diversified Australian mining company, owns and operates the Nova Nickel Mine in Western Australia and holds a 49% interest in the Tinkwa Australian Lithium JV, giving it a read through of 20, just under 25% ownership in the Greenbushes Spodumene mine and 49% of the Kiwana Lithium Hydroxide Refinery. Okay, so we know a lot about the IGO story from previous order pads and it is a really well-known stock in Australia. But any other comments on the lithium market, you know, more broadly? Yeah, absolutely. Because I think a lot of listeners think that lithium has kind of been overhyped, but lithium markets and equities have traded in anticipation of a demand demand air pocket, whereby supply would catch up to slower demand in Europe and China. But with rapid COVID reopening in China and growing expectations for sales rebound post-Chinese New Year, we're really refreshing our outlook. We believe the lithium markets will remain in a deficit for the near and medium term before moving to a structural deficit long term. This needs a demand rationing price, for which we've actually seen no evidence in the past 12 months, despite record high prices that are orders of magnitude above costs. So I gain a lot of conviction on price that rations demand is hard given the speed of the secular transformation and lithium fundamentals that are underway. So I really think that it's not overhyped. There is a supply deficit long term. Yeah. And I guess there's more catalysts to come, right, with China. So what are you kind of waiting and watching for? So I've got three points here. I think China's rapid COVID reopening is very bullish. I think the global energy storage demand is actually forecast to grow by 50%. Again, bullish signal and lithium supply delays. So supply and demand continues to be in a deficit, really near, medium and long term. Okay. So it has rallied a fair bit, like a lot of these, you know, future facing commodities are up in the market about 16% since April 2022 when you first pitch it. So what more upside can you see? Yeah, so with quality lithium and nickel production, IGO presents a compelling case as a diversified EV raw material exposure in your portfolio. 
we remain very bullish on lithium and nickel, right? So we've upgraded our prices 50% across our forward estimates, which actually lifts min, like you previously said. It also lifted IGO, which is really fantastic. They just announced today a record interim dividend of 14 cents per share. They've reduced debt. So debt's actually being reduced down to 175 million from 221 million tick. So it's about 690 at the moment. Net profit after tax is 591 million. Underlying free cash flow, which is what we look at, is 433 million. And cash in the bank is 515 million at the moment. So I mean, this is not a speculative buy. This is so a, looking really strong. This is a solid blue chip for your portfolio. Current price is around 1480 levels. Price target's actually been increased to $19.90. So upside is around 34% from here. So double digits, here we go. Let's add more to our portfolio um, and ride this out over the next 10 plus years. What are you bringing? What's the name of the company you're bringing to the order pad then, Candice? So for my next stock idea, I'm going to come back to Australia. And I think it's a really familiar business name uh, for a lot of our Aussie listeners. I'm liking James Hardy at these level. And I think there's a strong bull case and conviction over the next 12 to 24 months. So if you're not familiar with the business, the code on the ASX is JXH. And sticking with my billion market cap theme, it's it's got a really large market cap of 13.96 bill. Okay. So what did James Hardy do for people that aren't that familiar with the name? So it's listed and founded in Australia, right? And the company is a manufacturer predominantly of fibre cement building products with primary operations across North America, Europe, Asia and Australia. But a lot of the market is actually factoring in the risk of their business areas and revenue in the US because of the housing market concern. So I think that's you know, those fears I think are super valid because despite not being a new housing stock, James Hardy has underperformed US home builders and other comparables by about 20% for the calendar year of 2022. And even more sadly, down about 40% since Jan 2021. Oh, wow. So this is one that's been hit pretty hard over the last few years. This is a recovery story, I think. I'm going to add it to that category. Like Qantas was. That was a good one. Correct. So I think this is where I think the upside is, right? I think that there's more growth than what the market's factoring in in the northeast particular part of the market in the US division. Um, given that the market's opportunity, even as a result, below the traditionally, you know, quote unquote, James Hardy standard, it's going to see significant volume support at market volumes. So I think this is going to ensure that the FY24 NPAT remains well above the pre-COVID levels, factoring in the current price. I think what's also positive in terms of what we're seeing in the market is that, you know, business revenues like with Ulta Beauty, and it's the same case for James Hardy, is actually exceeding pre-COVID levels. So another business really well run, quality management, great balance sheet, great fundamentals that have learnt the lessons from COVID and are benefiting in the future. Okay. So are there any other areas, I guess, or catalysts for potential upside and recovery for James Hardy? Yes. I think going back to their core business thesis and model, I think there's significant upside there. Looking again at their northeastern, midwestern regions of the US um, and looking through the analysis, their TAM potential in detail suggests significant pathway for growth. So the penetration upside is significant with vinyl share in the region of over 60% and their fibre cement of about 8%. While housing 
housing stock, you know, the highest proportion of houses over 40 years old, that's really suggesting a remodeling. So consumers are wanting to freshen up their house, which is going to benefit for companies like James Hardy. And I think that while the contractor is really an important decision maker, you know, in the building sector, it's also the buying the buying process is really driven by the consumer as a growing part in the decision-making process. And recent surveys suggest that now the consumer makes about 30% of the decision time, um, which is up from pre-COVID levels. So I think that's a positive trend to help with my conviction. Okay. So you think that that trend's going to continue well into 2023. So let's have a look at valuation then. What does, what's the valuation look like for JHX? Yeah. So I think, again, this is another sold off last year. It was off about 30%. So great buying opportunity for a really well-run company uh, with really quality, um, high conviction fundamentals that I look for in the building, housing and construction space. So top pick for me in this sector. And analysts agree. So you UBS have placed a 12-month valuation at $40.40 and their valuation is about a 55% upside to the current share price. So hopefully another double-digit upside here, you know, excess of 50% would be nice, trading around 31.50 levels. So Felicity, let's finish off this second part of the episode. What is your final pick for the 2023 list? I've really stuck with my resources today. So I'm actually going to reiterate a buy on GL1, so Global Lithium Resources. Now, again, spoke more in detail about it last year, end of last year, rapidly growing lithium exploration company with a focus on 200% owned and highly prospective WA project. The Marble Bar Lithium Project in the Pilbara region and the Manor Lithium Project in the Goldfields region. Yes, GL1 you pitched last year. There has been a bit of a sell-off recently, but great buying opportunity for our clients considering its prospects, you know, quality pipeline. And I can understand why it's a reiterate for a buy for you. Absolutely. So Global Lithium Resources released its December 2022 quarter activities report. It was really a transformational quarter for the company as it moved to 100% ownership of the Manor Lithium Project, raised $121.5 million to fund the acquisition and announced a 148% increase in its lithium resource. So scoping study at Manor and further resource upgrades are likely to be the next catalyst as well to look out for. And I think also what's important is the strong management as well, right? Absolutely. So in our view, GL1's management team is highly experienced in a sector that's rapidly evolving. This is really, really important when you're looking at a resource exploration company. So we note the managing director, Ron Mitchell, has more than 11 years in the lithium and battery metals industry with senior roles at Tinkwa Lithium Corporations. So that was uh, IGO, as well as Talison Lithium. Now, non-executive director Glig Lilliman was previously the chief operating officer of none other than your Fortescue Medals for four years. He also held senior roles at Rio Tinto. Very impressive lineup of executives. So any other key highlights as well to note? Yeah, so Global Lithiums finished the quarter with $76 million in cash, with which leaves it well-funded to complete the exploration programs and mine studies. Tick. Really 
The global lithium is strategically well positioned with shareholder support from mineral resources as well as Shouzhou. So the company's assets are actually located adjacent to Min Resources, Wajina and Mount Marion deposits, and Min Resources has an 8% interest in GL1. Now Shouzhou TNA Ultra Clean Technology owns 9.9% of GL1 is actually affiliated with China's largest electric vehicle battery maker, Contemporary Amperex Technology. Technology. So GL1 has a really exciting 10-year offtake agreement with Shouzhou T, A and A. So that is definitely something that I think is really positive in holding the stock long term. And talking about long term, you know, what is the upside? What has our analyst given evaluation on it? Yeah, so at the moment, it's trading around the $2.40 levels. It did drop to about $1.80 um, earlier in January, which we were just buying up for clients and still buying under $2.15, which was the recent raise. Um, price target in the next 12 months, we're saying $3.80. I mean, it could be earlier, right? Upside's about 58% on current levels. Another double-digit upside. Add that to the list. All right, so just to recap all of the stocks that we're liking so far for 2023, we had last time Elders, Playside, Qantas, Merck, the Uranium Play, which is Silex, Paladin, Boss, PE, and Lot. Disney, and then we ended on Total Energies. This week we have Mineral Resources, we have Strandline, we've got Seek, we have Family Zone Cybersecurity, we have Alter Beauty, we have Independence Group, we've got James Hardy, and we have Global Lithium Resources. And just before we wrap up, just a reminder, as we mentioned last week, the Equity Mates Community Survey is live and up. We've also announced the next FinFest uh, festival date, which is the 11th of November of this year. So hope you guys can make it to FinFest. We loved last year's version of it. Yes, very exciting. So buy your tickets now. Um, now, before we sign off, please remember, although Candice and I are financial advisors at Shore & Partners, please note our discussion today does not constitute financial advice please seek professional advice before making any financial or investment decisions. As always, you can reach out to us uh, through our socials, Instagram. The handle is at Talk Money to Be Podcast for daily market updates. Or you can send us an email, tmtm at equitymates.com. Until next time. Bye-bye. You have been listening to an Equitymates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowlin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowlin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlinBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.